is like you, maker of heaven, Lord of the land, and Lord of the sea, holy and true, faithful and able, Lord of all time and eternity. Bless you. My name is uh, Ferdinand Nweke. I'm your host on Truth in Brief. And in this edition of Truth in Brief, we continue to look at the marks of a genuine encounter. What happens when someone genuinely encounters the Lord? I think this is very important because now we have lots of claims to knowing God, to encountering the Lord. But unfortunately, much of this is not backed up by the marks of a genuine encounter, which is why it's important we look into scripture and identify such marks so that we find out, have we really ever encountered the Lord? Are we living as people that have actually experienced him? Uh, I think that that is a very important thing for us to know and then so that we can grow in these things also. Now, we are looking at the example of the Apostle Paul. He was Saul of Tarsus before he became uh, the you know, great apostle that God made him to be. And the Bible says in Acts chapter 9, his story that we have been looking at is from Acts chapter 9, verses 1 to 20. And I recommend that please do read the passage when you have some time. But we have already seen from verses 1 to 6... And we notice that Saul was going somewhere. He was a man on a mission when he met the Lord Jesus. But he could not continue on the mission that he was going. Because now he has a new master. He has encountered the Lord. It's impossible to meet the Lord and then continue with business as usual. Because then he's no longer Lord. If he is Lord indeed, then he must now have liberty to determine our present agendas and our priorities. Saul had letters from the chief priests. We are not even told that he went back to them to go and resign. He simply moved on to another phase of brand new life in Christ. And that is uh, the life of destiny that God ordained to him for him. We notice that Saul fell to the ground when he saw the Lord. You can see this is a broken man. He is down to the ground. He is listening to the voice of the Lord. And he is praying. He's talking to the Lord. He's a changed person. It's impossible to meet Christ and remain the person that you have always been. When the, the Bible says when a man is in Christ, when a woman is in Christ, that person is a new creature. You are a brand new person. All things pass away in your life and all things become new. So Saul was a changed man. He said, who are you, Lord? He wanted to know Jesus. That's a mark of a genuine encounter. The Bible says he was trembling. And then he asked the Lord, he said, what do you want me to do? That's in verse 6. Then the Lord said to him, arise and go into the city and you will be told what you must do. You will be told what you must do. Saul, a man that had genuinely encountered the Lord, said, Lord, what do you want me to do? This must be your perpetual, continual question on every matter, on every decision on every relationship, for every journey. You don't just wake up and start traveling. You are asking, Lord, what do you want me to do? 
on every case, on every deal, uh, in every decision. Lord, what do you want me to do? Even when there's an argument, there's a disagreement, or when some people do something, you don't just do whatever you like, because now you have a master. The Bible said in those days, there was no king in Israel, so everybody did what was right in their own eyes. But once Jesus becomes king in your life, you are marked by one question. Lord, what will you have me to do? What will you have me to do? And look at the answer the Lord Jesus gave him. He said, get up and go into the city and you will be told what you must do. So you see, as a follower of Jesus, as somebody who has encountered Christ, you don't really have a lot of options. Your only option is either whether you're going to obey the Lord or not obey. You will be told what you must do. You will be told. You see, purpose, your purpose once you meet Jesus is no longer in your hands to decide. I hear people say, you know, if you can dream it, you can achieve it. You should dream big. You know, you should dream, you know, have a great dream for your life. I am sorry to let you know that if you actually meet the Lord Jesus Christ, you are no longer authorized to dream for yourself. Jesus becomes the commander of your destiny. He becomes the person who assigns purpose to you. You see, because you are now, you now belong to him. Do you know that purpose is assigned by, by the owner? The owner of something has a right to assign purpose to what belongs to him. And it will not be questioned. So it's not correct for us to say we met Jesus Christ and we are still the ones determining what we want to do with our lives. Lord, what will you have me to do? And the Lord said, arise and enter into the city and you will be told what you must do. It's no longer optional. So you hear what Paul said, Oh, I want to apprehend that for which Jesus apprehended me. You see, when you meet the Lord, when you encounter Christ, you are an apprehended person. You have been arrested. Somebody has arrested you. See, what happened to Paul, Saul of Tarsus, on his way to Damascus was a divine arrest. He was arrested. He wasn't planning to meet Jesus. Jesus knocked him on the ground and arrested him. Uh, so later in the book of Philippians, Brother Paul was now saying, I want to apprehend that for which Christ has apprehended me. So an apprehended person does no longer, no longer has the liberty to determine your own agenda, to determine your own priorities, to decide on your purpose. So your job now is to find out, Lord, what will you have me to do? I want to ask you, have you asked that question? Or you just met Jesus, gave your life to Christ, and then you continue with business as usual. Can I recommend that you lay all down at the feet of Jesus and you say to him, Lord, this is what I was doing before I met you. What will you have me to do? What do you want me to do? Do you know why this is very important? Your greatness and your significance in life is connected with what he wants you to do. Not what you want to do for yourself. Not what other people want you to do. Not even what your parents want you to do. Not what your friends or your colleagues or other people expect you to do. Your significance for time and eternity, your greatness, even the resources, your prosperity is tied with his purpose for your life. A man that has encountered Christ, Jesus becomes your singular purpose and is the one that assigns your purpose. He assigns your life vision. And Jesus did exactly that for the Apostle Paul. And so Saul of Tarsus became the great apostle, but he never would have become like that 
if he never asked that question, what will you have me to do? And there's something else I want you to note before we draw it to a close in this edition of Truth in Brief. The Bible says in verse 7, and the, this is um, Acts of the Apostles 9-7. It says, And the men who journeyed with him stood speechless, hearing a voice, but seeing no one. You see, there were people that were traveling with Saul of Tarsus. The Bible said they stood speechless. They could hear a voice. They didn't see anybody. You see, one of the marks of a divine encounter is that the people that are traveling with you may not see anything. They may not hear anything. In other words, if you are expecting your experience to line up with the experience of people that are traveling with you, these people are traveling with him, but they were not the target of the Lord for that encounter. In other words, when God encounters a life, it's like you are isolated from the crowd. So you cannot use the experience of the crowd to determine your own response to the Lord. Because the people, they didn't see what you saw. They didn't hear what you heard. They didn't experience what you're experiencing. That's why you must respond to the Lord personally at the moment of divine encounter. Because this is not a group experience. Make sure that your experience of Jesus is not a group experience. Because a group experience will not take you far. My prayer for you is that you will begin to ask the Lord. You begin to seek him in endless prayer. With even fasting. Lord, what do you have, want me to do? What's your vision for my life? You see, when I gave my life to Christ, when the Lord met me as a medical student on campus, those that brought us up, they taught us, they said, now that Jesus has arrested you, you must seek him until he shows you his vision for your life. And that counsel, that instruction changed my life. Because by seeking the Lord, we now began to understand what he wanted us to do with one life. If you don't ask that question, and if you don't respond to the Lord individually, you run the risk of wasting one life chasing your own agendas. But like I said, your significance, your greatness resides in his vision and his purpose for your life. Heavenly Father, we surrender our petty ambitions and ask that Jesus, you will become the commander of our destiny. Reveal your purpose for our lives and Lord, help us not to follow you along with a crowd along with those who are journeying with us in life. Help us to have a personal relationship and communion with you. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. Thank you for being with me on today's edition of Truth in Brief. Don't forget to share with other people. And please contact me at my phone number, plus 234-803-274-3148. And also visit our website, eternityministries.org, for more resources. God bless you. the land and Lord of the sea.